0: Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small businesses and organizations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. Today, I want to talk about what Seymour C- Pepperd, um, an MIT professor of education and computer science, uh, have, has to teach us about uh, training subordinates and teaching subordinates. Um, and I think this is a fairly useful, fairly basic uh, topic. Well, it's not that basic because we've actually covered training uh, in the, bare, the the series that opened up this podcast, right? The bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager. Um, and this is sort of a second level of training, a, a slightly more advanced take on thinking about training and, and teaching subordinates. So, just to sort of take a step back and sort of ask ourselves, like, why training, remind ourselves, sorry, why training is important and I've talked about this before. I've mentioned that uh, in the, you, know, you can go to managementforstartups.com and go to the starter manager guide that's on the front page. Um, there's like a whole, like a whole series of chapters basically covering the bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager. And I've covered very early on, I've said that training is important to us as managers because training is what enables delegation right? If you can't uh, train well, then you can't delegate well. And if you can't delegate well, then you're basically not doing your job as a manager because so much of uh, one's job as a manager is simply being able to delegate uh, work. And if you can't train, what inevitably happens is that you you eventually uh, micromanage or find yourself meddling uh, or engaging in what I call managerial meddling, right? And this happens because if you have someone new in your team and you don't train them, you don't tell them what the expectation is for their output or their task, what will inevitably happen is that they will deliver subpar work, right? Work that is unacceptable to you, that you definitely could do a much better job if you were to do it yourself. And Eventually, what happens is that you meddle in their work, you get in their way, and you just don't learn to trust uh, delegating tasks to your subordinates because you are just that much better at doing it yourself. Um, And so I think it's quite clear if you've been following along that training is super, super important as a manager because that enables you to delegate more and more, which then enables you to increase the output of your team. Right? Um, So training is important. And in a previous episode, and I think in various blog posts, I just keep mentioning it again and again on the blog that training eventually just reduces down to your ability to teach. Now, and I also said that you don't have to be a good teacher, you merely have to be good enough for the task of management, right? For the task of being able to delegate. And the measure that I proposed was that if you're able to delegate uh, 50% more things over a six-month period, well, a year, a 12-month period, then you know that you're doing well. And if you find yourself continually needing to dive into the weeds and to correct uh, work done by your subordinates, then you know it's probably time to get better at training. So today we're going to talk about what Seymour Papert has to teach us about training. Uh, Seymour Papert is a professor at MIT. He was one of the founders of the uh, constructionist movement in education. And I'm going to talk about that a bit because I think it has huge ramifications for us uh, if we want to be better teachers. Um, so how, how does Papert's work come in, right? Uh, I would like to start by saying like, have you ever if you've ever taught, you probably have been in a situation before where you're trying to teach a particularly tricky topic. and the person that you're teaching it to, uh, this could be in school or this could be in you know your your management work, but think back and try to think of like an example of this. The person you're teaching it to just doesn't get it, right? You're trying to teach a complex concept and it just can't get true. And I've and for me, in you know my practice as a manager, we use Python as our programming language, and I'm a software engineer. And so, like one particularly painful thing that it comes that 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 you know, I have to teach all the time is Python decorators. And Python decorators, uh, especially for new you know fresh graduates in Vietnam, which is where the software engineering office that I work for uh, was located, most fresh graduates uh, have very little experience with. The sort of higher level programming language constructs like Python decorators. And so I found myself eventually, like always, year after year, needing to teach uh, new subordinates uh, in, in my team, uh, Python decorators, because inevitably they will come across a part of the code base where they would have to modify an existing Python decorator in, 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 the, in the framework that we were using. Um, and once or twice, I think I've I've lost count, Uh, I would find myself in a situation where I've explained, I've spent like 30 to 45 minutes explaining the concept of how to use Python decorators and giving them examples and typing code in front of them, and they just simply didn't get it. And so what happens in that situation is, I think, what is common to a lot of us, uh, if you think back and you sort of uh, reflect on some of the skills that you have, right, that are hard-won and really difficult for you to learn, what usually happened in your experience was that, you know, whether it's a mathematical equation or it's a particular technique in design or painting or it's a uh, programming language construct, if you think back, uh, what is true for most of us is that you have a new technique, you have a new skill that you can't learn, and you just sit with it, right? You stew in it. You you sort of just face, uh, bang your head against the wall or the table as you're trying to understand this new concept. And eventually... Somehow, magically, right? It clicks, right? You finally get it. You finally understand how this thing works. You understand uh, the intuition behind the programming language construct, or the algorithm, or the mathematical equation, and suddenly you can use it, right? Suddenly, that 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 knowledge just uh, appears fully formed in your head and linked to all the other concepts that you know. And so, what happens is that you would go look at your subordinate in the eye and say. Ah uh, well, you know, we've already spent like thirty minutes on this, so just sit with it and try and bang your head against the wall, and it it will eventually come to you. So if you've ever been in this situation before, and I bet you have, if you've done any sort of teaching in your in your past, um, what I would like to say is that it turns out that they are really smart people, and they've figured out why this happens. And I think Peppert's work around this whole idea, right, this whole idea of like how humans learn is hugely valuable to us as managers because if you're ever in this situation and I guarantee you, you will eventually find yourself in a similar situation if you've taught for long enough, then it pays to sort of look outside and see what other people have figured out about how humans learn so that you have a framework to deal with uh, this sort of situation. And I think more deeply, Peppert's work will give you a hint uh, not only on how you learn yourself, but it gives you a model for how humans in general learn, which then makes you a more effective teacher. So, I'm going to start with uh, an introduction to Peppert's work by quoting a summary written by a a wonderful professor uh, called Andy Koh, who wrote this very concise, very well-written summary of uh, Peppert's entire work. And I'm going to quote from this, uh, uh, but the essential thing to understand here is that Peppett's, uh primary source of information, if you ever want to go and look up uh, his work, is his book called Mindstorms, right? Which is about his, uh, his attempt to prove a theory of how humans learn. So Peppert's big thing is his idea that all humans learn through knowledge construction. What it means is that they construct knowledge from things that they already know. And here the quote begins, Um, Andy Cole writes, Peppert argued that the very scientists and engineers who depend on Newton's formula, uh, well, one of Newton's 3 formulas, that's my comment, uh, also didn't learn it by absorbing it directly into their minds, but rather they had to develop their own personal understanding of the formula's meaning by building upon their prior knowledge, such as their physical experiences with bicycle riding or playing billiards. You may remember sitting in a physics class in school doing just this, racking your mind trying to get an intuitive sense of the math, but only having your eureka moment when you found the right non-mathematical representation of the idea that was deeply linked to something you already understood. Only then could you link your prior knowledge to Newton's formal representation, the equation that is often taught in physics class. This is Papert's construction of knowledge in action. A key Corollary to Peppert's critique of modern education, then, is that by learning academics' formal representations of knowledge, students come to hate learning. Peppert believed that learning to memorize and compute F equals MA completely divorces it from its meaning in the world and in a person's life, essentially requires teachers to lie to children about its relevance. He lamented that teachers around the world must regularly argue this formula is important and valuable to you when teachers know it is not and don't even believe it is personally valuable to them. Pappert believed that this deception erodes the relationship between teachers and children and ultimately erodes the trust and respect of educational institutions. This stems from Pappert's ideas. Basically, if you want to only guide a ready mind, then you can't hope to communicate insight or mental models just like that. And I think the core sort of fundamental misunderstanding. Okay, this is me again. This is uh, I'm not quoting from Coe's summary anymore. Is that we think that teaching involves uh, transferring knowledge like an orb of light from the teacher's head to the student's head. And Pepper shows says that this. This is not how humans learn. Humans learn by. Co- connecting an intuitive representation of the idea to something that they already learn, right? Making a conceptual leap, building a bridge from some mental model that they already possess and then linking it to this new concept that you want them to learn, right? So that explains why you, when you were trying to learn something new, struggled, right? You just stewed in the problem or struggled with the concept for for hours before you finally understood it, before it finally clicked. What happened in, in in these moments is that you eventually found something that you already understood, some related concept, and then built a bridge, from your known knowledge, from your known mental models to this new concept that you were trying to learn. So now that you sort of understand that, you know, all humans learn through knowledge construction, they don't learn through like the delivery of an idea fully formed from a teacher to a student, uh, then you sort of see that most of modern education has actually got it completely backwards. Scientists don't uh, work with Newton's equations as equations. They work with it as intuitions as mental models to understand how things work built on their understanding of physical realities and you know, linked to existing understanding of physical realities and when and the equation is merely a formalization of this intuition that it allowed that allows them to communicate with each other and so pappett's sort of insight is that if you if if you want to be an effective teacher you have to do it by finding what a student currently knows what mental models they currently hold in their head and then use that to construct a bridge to the new conceptual idea that you want them to understand, right? And and that implies that what you use to learn could be completely different from what another student has in their heads, right? Because uh, no two humans are exactly the same. The mental models that are available to the student that you're trying to teach might be completely different from the mental models that were available to you when you finally learn the concept, you know, that you are trying to teach now that you understand. So, The upshot for this is that as managers, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're trying to explain a complex concept, it could be a new programming construct, it could be an algorithm if you're a programmer, or it could be just even something as vague as the perception of taste, right? What is uh, part of the the company's design language and what doesn't belong to the company's design language. If you're trying to teach something more complex, you should understand that your job as a teacher um, is to sort of find out what existing mental models your student, uh, your subordinate in this case has And then use that knowledge, this sort of understanding through conversation. Do you understand this? Do you understand this? Do you understand this? To sort of build uh, and find a spot where you can build a conceptual bridge to this new thing that you want to teach them. And that is how humans learn. It's not learn through knowledge transfer, fully form. It is a guided path by using the mental models that exist in students' heads to bring them and guide them to the new concept that you want them to understand. So I wished I had learned of Peppert's research and ideas a lot earlier. I think it would have saved me a lot of pain when I was trying to teach complex concepts to my subordinates. And I hope that sort of telling you about Peppert's ideas and giving you links in the show notes will help you on your path to be a better trainer. Because being a better trainer would mean that you will be a better manager. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking a bit more about training, but in a different way. Uh, Cedric out.